0: Chapter 5 of The Outdoor Girls at Rainbow Lake This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Outdoor Girls at Rainbow Lake by Laura Lee Hope The Gem Grace and Molly were riding home in the carriage that had been sent to bring Mrs. Billet to the home of her relative, for the anxious mother, on hearing that Dodo could not be moved, had come to look after the injured child. Paul went home with his sister. He was munching contentedly on some candy, and all thought of the recent accident and scare had vanished in the present small and sweet happiness oh it must have been perfectly dreadful grace said molly sympathetically perfectly terrible it was and are you sure you don't feel resentful toward me the idea certainly not it was poor dodo's fault in a way but i blame those motorists more than anyone else they should be found they certainly made a lot of trouble admitted grace but i would rather find Prince than them i wonder where he could have run to oh probably not far after he got over being frightened doubtless you'll hear of his being found and then you can send for him and recover the papers if only the saddle doesn't come off and get lost said grace that would be dreadful for there would be no telling where to look for it Most likely it would be along some road. Prince would probably keep to the highways, and if the girth should break and the saddle come off, it would be seen. Then, by the papers in the pockets, persons could tell to whom it belonged. That is just it. Papa doesn't want anyone to see those papers. Some of them have to be kept secret. Oh, I know he will feel dreadful about the loss, and so will Grandma. It was partly her property that was involved in the transaction. But they can't blame you. I hope not. I'll never be forgiven by Will for letting Prince throw me and run away, though. He'll never let me take him again. It was partly Will's fault for not doing the errand himself, declared Molly with energy. Then this might not have happened. Of course, I don't mean she added hastily that i blame him in the least for what happened to dodo but i mean the papers might not have been lost for he would likely have carried them in his coat pocket and not in the saddle that is what i should have done i suppose spoke grace with a sigh but my riding habit had no pockets large enough oh dear i am afraid it will be spoiled in the mud and rain for she had left it at mrs carr's and had borrowed a dress to wear home in the carriage a dress that was rather incongruous in conjunction with her riding boots and derby hat it can be cleaned consoled molly no paul not another bit of candy don't give him any grace he'll be ill and as i'll have to look after him when mamma is away i don't want to have it any harder than necessary me ike standy remarked paul dodo ike standy too why not dodo come with us his big eyes looked appealing at his sister and her own filled with tears while those of grace were not dry poor little dodo said molly then with a smile and brushing away her tears she spoke brightly but we must not be gloomy i just know she will be all right i shall never cease praying that she will spoke grace softly they were splashing home through the mud the rain was still coming down but not so hard the long dry spell had broken and it seemed that a continued wet one had set in Grace was left at her house, where she found Amy and Betty ready to sympathize with her. Her father was there also, and Will. Both looked grave. Seeing that family matters awaited discussion, Amy and Betty soon took their leave, after being assured that Grace was all right, except for a stiffness and a few cuts caused by the fall. A carriage took the two girls to their homes, molly had gone on with paul what will happen if we can't find the papers asked grace of her father when she explained everything well there will be a lot of trouble he said and of course the whole matter will have to be held up in the meanwhile even if the other interests do not get the documents they may make it unpleasant for us I wish, Will, that you had done this errand yourself. Not that I blame you, Grace, he said quickly. But Will knew how very important it was. I'm very sorry, Dad. I'll never cut business for a ball game again, and I'll do all I can to help out. I'm sure Prince will soon come home, though, and it will be all right. I'll go out to the stable now, and if he isn't there i'll settle toto and go hunting i'll start from where the accident happened and trace prince lucky he's pure white he'll show up well even in the dark no i don't want you to do that objected mr ford you may go to the stable if you like but don't start any search until morning in the meanwhile we may hear something or he may come back it's too bad a night to go out but let this be a lesson to you will i will yes sir poor little sis i can't tell you how sorry i am are you much hurt and will laid his hand tenderly on her head she winced for he had touched a bruised place don't worry she said as brightly as she could i'm all right and the papers may be found "'It is poor little Dodo I feel so badly about. "'She... she may be a cripple, the doctor says.' "'No!' exclaimed Will, aghast. "'It seems terrible, but that is his opinion.' "'Oh, they can do such wonderful things in surgery nowadays,' said Mrs. Ford, "'that I am sure, in such a young child, there are many chances in her favor. "'Don't worry, daughter dear.' now you must go to bed or you will be ill over this those motorists ought to be punished if any is yes agreed mr ford now i must see what i can do to offset this loss you don't suppose do you grace that those men could have had any object in getting those papers away from you what do you mean asked grace in wonderment i mean Did they seem to follow you, as if they had knowledge that the papers would be transferred today and were determined to get them?" "'I don't think so, Daddy. I'm sure they didn't follow me. They just seemed to come out of the storm, trying to get away from it as I was doing. I'm sure it was all an accident, just carelessness.'" "'Very likely i was foolish to suggest it but so much depends on those papers that i don't know just what to think but there grace as he kissed her you must rest for yourself i will think of a way out i am sure will come with me i may need you to take some memoranda while i telephone and he and his son went to the library morning did not see prince in the stable and all that day will searched without result many had seen the white horse flying wildly past but that was all some said the saddle was still on others that it had come off mr ford was much exercised over the loss of the papers he did what he could to hold back the business but there was a prospect of loss and considerable trouble if the documents were not eventually found The opposing interests learned of the halt and tried to take advantage of it. They were, however, only partly successful. In the meanwhile, after several days had passed, Dodo grew well enough to be brought home. The chief injury was to her leg, and there was grave danger of it being permanently lame. As soon as she was in better condition, it was decided to have a noted specialist treat her prince remained missing nor was there any report of the saddle being located though mr ford offered a liberal reward for that or the return of the horse betty had telephoned for her three friends her voice held in it the hint of pleasure and mystery both but to all inquiries of what was wanted she returned only the answer come and see i want you to meet someone." It was two weeks after the accident, and in a great measure, the bitter memories of it had passed. Dodo was doing as well as could be expected, and, save for a slight limp, Grace had fully recovered. The three chums, Grace's, Will called them, arrived at Betty's house at the same time. With sparkling eyes, she led them into the parlor. "'But what is it?' whispered Amy. If it's a strange young man i'm not going to go and meet him said molly with quick decision it's a man but not young and i think you'll be glad to meet him answered betty grace instinctively looked at her dress oh you're all right cried betty then she threw open the parlor door here they are uncle amos she cried gaily and the girls beheld a rather grizzled elderly man with tanned face and hands and wrinkled cheeks like an apple that has kept all winter with the merriest blue eyes imaginable and when he spoke there sounded the heartiest voice that could well fit into the rather small parlor of us there he cried as he saw the girls so these are your consorts eh bet they do you proud "'May I be keel-hauled if I've seen a prettier set of sails on a craft in a long while. "'It's good rigging, good rigging,' and he glanced particularly at the dresses. "'Betty presented her friends in turn, "'and Mr. Martin had something odd to say to each as he shook hands heartily. "'Uncle Amos has brought the surprise,' said Betty. "'But even yet, he won't tell me what it is.' If I did, it wouldn't be a surprise, he protested. But I'm all prepared to pilot you down to where she is. She is in the often, all fitted for a cruise. All she needs is a captain and crew, and I think Bat here will be the one and you girls the other. I may ship as cook or cabin boy, if you'll have me, but that is as may be now if you're ready we'll go down to the dock and see how the tide is but we have no tide here uncle amos spoke betty what no tide what sort of a place is it without a tide i'm disappointed lass disappointed we'll try and have one made for you said molly with a laugh that's it that's the way to talk salt water and a tide would make any place Even a desert, uh, uh, what is it I want to say, Bat? I don't know, Uncle, unless that it would make the desert blossom like the rose. That's it, a rose. You laughed just at the right time. Well, ladies, all hands have been piped to quarters, so we'll start. It's nearly four bells, and I told the mate I'd be there by then. Let's start. And start they did on the way toward the river whither mr marlin insisted on leading the girls betty explained how her uncle had arrived unexpectedly that day and had talked mysteriously about the surprise it's a boat i'm sure it is said molly oh he'd talk that way about an automobile or an airship said betty he calls everything she and if it was an auto he'd anchor it near the river just to be close to the water he loves so much what if it's an airship asked amy i shall learn to run it declared betty never yes i shall let us hope it is but a rowboat then sighed amy they went out on the public dock in the argono river at the string piece was tied what the girls saw was one of the neatest motorboats that, as Will said afterwards, ever ate a gasoline sandwich. There was a trunk cabin, an ample cockpit at the stern, a little cooking galley, a powerful motor, complete fittings, and everything that the most exacting motorboat enthusiast could desire. There she is cried mr marlin there's the surprise bet i got her for you i named her the gem for she is a gem aside from an ocean steamer there's no better boat built i saw to it myself i've been planning that for you for years and there you are the gem is yours i want you girls to take a cruise in her and if you don't have a good time it will be your own fault. There's the jam for you, Betty. Let's go aboard and see if that rascally mate has grub ready. There's the jam, and he led the way toward the beautiful boat. The girls simply gasped with delight, and Betty turned pale. At least Grace said so. End of chapter five.